how is everybody doing and welcome back for another strength chat episode today i have got a very special guest for you today i'm joined by a doctor of physical therapy today i'm joined by the one and only dr jacob templer how are you doing great thanks for having me on and ask me to do this no worries at all thanks a lot for taking the time to, to jump on um how have you been what have you been up to what's been happening in your world um not a lot. I mean, just all the same stuff. I mean, I'm doing uh, some research right now on uh, headaches. Um, so I'm doing a follow-up uh, right now, just waiting for some uh, participants to send back their data. Uh, right now, I have a string of uh, clinical students. I've had just finished with my first of three um, for the summer and uh, about to change uh, jobs, actually, to go to a hospital network to work more on uh, teaching and uh, mentoring other therapists. Oh, cool. Is that something that you've been looking at for a while or um, has, did an opportunity just come up to, to change things around? Um, just an opportunity came up and I didn't know when I'd potentially be available again to to take something like that. Yeah, because I suppose as well over the last uh, last year or so, um, uh, you know, the amount of teaching that would have gone, gone on and obviously, you know, a lot of people might be uh, sick of hearing about COVID and everything, but did that kind of change your schedule and and day-to-day work um only in a like for a few months um and then it was surprising like a lot of people still wanted to come in in person um so i for like two months did telehealth um but then it was like business as usual after that yeah i think um i know from the uh you know, especially working in working in a gym myself with the gym gyms locked down, but especially with the uh, you know the physio side of things, I think you know there's only so much that you can do, um, you know, online or, or over a zo- or over a Zoom chat. I think a lot of people still wanted to have that, or people have missed that kind of you know physical contact or communication with people. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. It was like it was their social interaction too, so they really wanted to come in. Because uh, they were like, yeah, I just like order my groceries online and or like do this, that and the other thing. And like the only places I go are doctor's appointments, physical therapy and 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 that. Yeah, I know. Um, I had a uh, I had a client and um, she uh, had recently moved to the recently moved to the area and um, started a new job, started a new gym. Um, she only met the people that she'd worked with over Zoom um, and then her only social sort of like. Uh, events was that was the gym and then the gym got shut down so it was kind of one of those things of it was a it was a little bit of a a, a double whammy um all the way across so i think the gym's being back open and a few more things um getting back to normal has been has been pretty good um yeah. for uh for everyone who might not know your uh your background um um you know and uh, what you what what you've been doing with it with the content that you put out there um can, can you just give a little bit of a background to yourself? Yeah, so I'm a physical therapist. I graduated in 2016 from uh, um, my physical therapy school. And in the U.S., it's a doctorate level. So I have my doctorate in physical therapy. Um, since then, I've done quite a lot with, um, like, putting things on my resume, like getting certified in mechanical diagnosis and therapy, becoming a board-certified orthopedic specialist, um, done a lot of advanced training uh, uh sports and orthopedics uh, worked with the strength guys um and then i think i'm probably most known for my content on instagram <laughs> that can be um 
uh, I guess I don't know a good way to put it, but I like to make uh, evidence-based memes about physical therapy. So, yeah, Jeez, will some of those memes be uh, showing up in the in the mentorship that you'll be working with the uh, with the other physical therapists? <laughs> oh, probably. I love to put stuff on slides to keep people paying attention. <laughs> So obviously you mentioned there, um, you know, working with the with the strength guys as well. Um, uh, lucky enough to be doing, uh, or I'm lucky enough to be doing uh, an internship with them, and you know, I followed the, followed them for a while. Is sort of the strength sports and the powerlifting side of things something that you've you know always been interested in, or have you had a look at other strength sports? What sort of the the background in terms of the training side of things? Yeah, so I primarily started playing or um, playing American football when I was in. Um, high school or primary school, I guess is what you guys call it, right? Uh, it'd be, yeah, secondary school would be, would okay, be high secondary. school. Yeah. Um, so I started playing that, and then, I mean, I really wasn't that athletic or good at it. I was just a big kid um, back then. <laughs> I used to be pretty overweight and then was still, like, big size. Like, I'm, you know, six foot two, six foot three, and um, weighed about 250 pounds, like, at one point in high school. Um, I got good at football though, for my level of play, um, just by pretty much training. So I'd go in and strength train, do, um, there's this program they had over here called bigger, faster, stronger. So I'd go in three days a week, do like, you know, it's like, um, bench press squats, deadlifts, uh, power cleans. And then you like rotate three of them, uh, maybe an overhead press, um, stuff like that. And then deadlift was in there. And you go through and you do th that three times a week. Then I would do other lifts and stuff on other days. And I just like really enjoyed training. Um, so I, once I started getting out of football, when I got to uh, college is more when I got into the aspects of powerlifting and bodybuilding and um, started off with like bodybuilding. Cause I was very, very lean at that time. Um, and then uh, gravitated more away from that as I found powerlifting. It was like, okay, I've lost a lot of weight, but I'm not really strong. And then um, tried to do my best to gain muscle and get stronger ever since then. Oh, cool. And is it a case of, do you work with quite a lot of, well, obviously, you know, working with the strength guys, do you work um, a lot with powerlifters or is it a lot more, a, a lot more, a lot more varied? Obviously mentioned there yourself playing, um, you know, American football. Do you, do you work with quite a, a wide variety of a, of a client base? Um, in person, like at my nine to five, I work mostly actually with very like complex, persistent pain uh, issues. Um, I'm most comfortable like spine problems. Um, so I tend to be the kind of therapist that I want to see all the patients that like no other therapist really wants to see. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? I just have always enjoyed that more. And I found that, um, it's very rewarding because often they're uh, kind of marginalized the most. Um, there's a lot of times where they're less believed by people because you can't see what's going on with them. Like they may look perfectly fine and not look in distress, but they're in lots of pain consistently. Um, and then they tend to have other, um, I don't know if like quirks isn't the right word, but like they have differences about maybe who they are as a person sometimes too. Like I have a few patients right now that are non-binary or have been like experienced like trauma because of healthcare providers or things like that. Yeah. 
a few more a few more problems to to solve and you know a few more uh, a few more things to focus on with that in terms of um you know the client base for your for your, for your nine to five how do you how do you work as uh, in terms of the physical therapy in uh, in the work that you do with the strength guys and a more sort of specific population um in in terms of powerlifters yeah so i we do like a video based consults right now um start with those well as far as with the strength guys um start with like an hour consultation i'll go through pe- with people have them they have a, a sheet of like paperwork they fell out before um i ch- chat with them then i kind of have an idea what's going on with them a lot of the questions i put on there are tailored more to give me information about what's happening with them yeah. um so i have some like pretty good clues usually by the time i go in we do like an hour talk figure out what's been going on with them, see if there's some stuff we can do right away that can help them, especially if, if they're not training. Um, and then based on like what I can see with them and things like that, I can help usually their coach also like, okay, what are the things we should do as far as progression? Like what's our timetable looking like? Um, you know, how did this happen? uh what we can change just in general about training or make it more comfortable um then there's every once in a while you'll see me post on my story too i'll reshare uh, especially athletes that like tag me in their posts like when they're doing well in our return to sport yeah with that obviously a couple of things um kind of touching on what you mentioned there in the yeah. uh, in in the questionnaire, um, trying to gather as much information as much information as possible. Um, and another thing that you said was, you know, what can we do straight away? How far are they out from from competition, or, or what can we do there? How sort of important is you know gathering all that information, and how does that influence influence your decision? Because sometimes they can, uh, you know, I've had it before that uh, people can just focus on that one event rather than to take into account okay is it a case of have we had an injury in the past and we need to you know that that could play a part in it and we need to have a look at how can we address that and strengthen up some of some of the areas or you know we've done these exercises in the past and they've not worked we're still doing the same exercises so we need to take a different approach what are kind of your, your thoughts on that yeah i mean that's a good good way to think about it too and especially if like they haven't maybe developed a bigger like I guess the way we would phrase it is like a bigger motor around that area, like the ability to handle and tolerate more load and vol- or volume in general. Um, and especially the closer you get to a contest, like the more and more stress you would think somebody's under. Right. So sometimes that plays a role in like why they start having pain now versus, you know, especially because an intensification blocked, sometimes the total volume might be less, but the loads are higher. Um, and it's about like practice, you know, how much have they practiced um, at those heavier loads? How much have they practiced under this much pressure before? Are they used to handling it? Can they handle it well? You know, like somebody like um, Taylor and our other like really high competitors are just like can handle the stressors involved with competing very well and perform very well. Yeah. Um, so those are different things that I'll look at, too. Yeah. 
and how much you know because you you touched on there speaking with the speaking with the coach as well how much sort of uh, how does that communication work because sometimes you know you can you can see coaches trying to um step over into the into the physical therapy world which is sometimes i know for me as a coach you know i would much rather work with um you know people who are you know experts in in, in that area who have a little bit more knowledge and then work together as as a team how much from what you get from the athlete do you also speak with the with the coach and then reach a middle ground or is it a case of look i'm not willing to budge on this um but we can have a look at some other things yeah i mean i think it's a bit of a give and take right it just depends on i, I would say i have like a pretty good at least working relationship with all of our coaches um so it's usually like they are wanting to know like okay what should we do like they want to make sure that their client is getting um best value for like what they've paid for i would say um our coaches really care about their athletes a lot too so they they don't want to see them um dealing with this not able to do the things they want and you know the things that they're paying for so most of the time they're like okay what do we need to do like do we need to shut things down are there alternatives we should be doing um you know what can we do um so we'll have a discussion about those things and a lot of times our coaches are already doing a lot of things that i might have already recommended in training um especially because this my i think we're going into almost my third year so i've seen the influence that like me being on the team for so long has had and the number of consultations i've had have like steadily like gone down which is like (laughs) great to hear but it's you know what i mean it's like you only get paid for work that you do but i'd rather have less um consults because of influences that i've had to help um you know help us build that better better athlete yeah just on a little bit of a of a tangent from that because i know um uh, you know there's a there's a couple of physios that i i work with and recommend you know um in in leads however i've had some clients that have gone to physios and they seem as though they're always they're always going back and they never necessarily get an answer and there's never you know a, a, a solution do you think it's a case of you know having confidence in your own abilities that you know you you're there to actually fix somebody or get them out of pain or you know uh, uh, allow them to get on with get on with what they do? Do you think sometimes in terms of physical therapy and and physio that's what sometimes they can struggle with because it's trying to balance that thing of right well actually I need them to come to to run a business but equally you know I want to make sure that I'm actually fixing them to build that to build that reputation. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Like. I definitely see with people that I've worked with in the past, like people like therapists can be afraid of pain. They can be afraid to address issues that like somebody's not specifically coming in for or hadn't mentioned like for their, you know, what they were assessed for and things like that. Um, They're not as confident in their ability sometimes. And that makes a big difference because a lot of times with people that I'm treating like nine to five, I don't have like a diagnosis or even with the consultations I do, because some of the people are from countries where maybe their medical system isn't great. Um, they don't have like access to go see uh, a physician consistently, things like that. Um, you know, we have athletes on every single continent. So it's like also thinking like, okay, let, let me at least make sure this is something that I should be at least talking with somebody about rather than, okay, maybe they didn't have access to some certain kinds of medicine and, and they have an issue that I would not be experienced with because people where I live just don't experience that 
kind of thing, or the lifestyle is different there, things like that. And uh, therapists a lot. Yeah, it's that double-edged sword. Like some of them are really skilled and know what to do to like help people, but then others lean into this aspect of creating dependency with people, um, which you can see that's like traditionally thought of with chiropractors um, that, okay, I want to keep them coming for a long time because it helps my business rather than going, okay, what can I do to help teach this person about what's going on with them and then help them to make the um, changes like going forward or preventatively, you know, uh, reduce their risk for sustaining this injury again. Yeah. Do you think that's because especially, you know, speaking about two uh, two different types of, of clients there, you know, the, the clients that you're working with nine to five, the, the, the power lifters that you're working with, do you reckon they, they approach and how much, you know, trying to, um, you know, potentially spending a little bit longer and taking a little bit of a slower put, a slower approach? I don't want to use the word gently, but, you know, a little bit more. Right. Let's take our time a little bit compared to, you know, you mentioned some of the uh, some of the top athletes that work with the strength guys. Do you reckon it would be a little bit more of right okay we're going to be a little bit more aggressive uh, aggressive in our approach to make sure that they're going back to performing yeah i tend to be um it's like either one of two things right so i either have them keep training the same and then i have them do other things which i'm like seem very like trivial almost sometimes and they either respond really really quickly or it's that i'm very aggressive in like giving them something that i wouldn't recommend for people right away normally but because their bodies used to so much more uh, like physical stress from the amount of weight that they lift all the time. It's like, okay, let's be way more aggressive. And sometimes it depends on the person's mindset too. Like things that I feel out from them when I'm having like a talk with them, um, stuff like that, see how, where they're at. Um, so it's, it's usually one or the other. It's never like usually <laughs> in between. It's I'm usually either extremely aggressive or, um i'm like okay this seems like it's responding really quickly so let's pretty much not change anything and kind of like take certain things that i might add to what they're doing like in their program that would be traditionally looked at as being like a physical therapy kind of exercise and being fairly fairly like um seems like adding almost nothing yeah you you said there obviously the mindset uh, side of things when you're speaking to the your clients and the athletes that you work with and you're either one or the other you know quite aggressive or a little bit of a slow approach do you think when you speak about uh, when when you talk about the mindset and see where that are, where they where the client or the athlete is do you think they have that mindset as well they either want to take a little bit of a slow approach or be aggressive in, in, in their approach. There's no sort of, no sort of in between. Cause it's a little bit like, I always liken it to sort of like stress management. Some people want to go in and knock it out of the boxing bags. Other people want to do like breathing drills and a, and a little bit more relaxed. Do you find that, <coughs> excuse me, that's a similar approach with the, with the clients and athletes that you work with? Yeah. I mean, you, you'll find people and it depends on like what they, they think about their injury too. And like how they feel about it mostly. Um, Cause some people can be quite hesitant because they're like, okay, I'm not so sure about this. Like I, you know, I've, maybe they've had this issue, like we were talking about earlier in the past. Um, or they might've been and seen like providers that I wouldn't necessarily agree with like things that they had told them, which colors, um, how they might feel about what's happening now. Um, and then their ability to perform uh, going forward, uh, whether that's good or bad. 
Yeah. And another another thing on there saying about which kind of goes nicely into the into the next question is in terms of what they how they feel about the about about the injury. And it was actually, I think you put a, a you know a post about this um not so long ago, the difference between um feeling hurt and injured. And it's one of those things of you know, especially when we're looking at the the strength sports such as such as powerlifting, like it's tough, you know the the amount of weight that you're gonna gonna be lifting, the amount of stress that you're gonna gonna be under. There's gonna be, um, I don't know whether you would call them niggles or or times when you're gonna be feeling yeah. a little bit a little bit beat up, as opposed to times when actually you know there are gonna be actual injuries where we're gonna have to drastically change training. Whereas feeling a little bit beat up, you can still train. It's just hard, you know. You just have to you know make sure that we're fueled enough and get enough recovery and. Um, What's the difference between the between the two? And do you think you know people, clients and athletes can get them mixed up, mixed up or misunderstand them because of sort of misinformation? Yeah, I mean, I think for sure, like to start, I'll answer the latter part. But like, they definitely can be confused and uh, mixed up. Um, I tend to see this less in uh, powerlifters, although I have had some consults where I'm like, kind of like, yeah, this is just like you're sore like you did something um that you weren't quite used to or you know they did they went out like i've seen this too where people go off program and they weren't quite ready at that time with a total amount of stress in their um you know that they had been accumulating in their blocks and then they go off program and it's like well yeah you weren't really recovered well to try and max out right now (laughs) um uh things like that so um and i and i've and that's the thing, right? Because I would say hurt is like you have some stuff going on, but it doesn't prevent you from doing anything. It doesn't um, cause you to change your training in any way. Like I've had um, on and off occasionally, like my right knee will get like uncomfortable um, or sore or even hurt um, times when I'm like squatting or things like that. But I'm like the because of my profession and all the things that I know about, like the nuances of pain in, in the human body, I'm like, okay, that's not an injury. And I keep training and it goes away usually within a couple of days. Or um, the big one that I've been dealing with lately is occasionally my pec on the left will be sore. Um, and if I was a different person, I would probably actually modify the weight and stuff that I do. Um, and change something about my bench pressing but I added uh, weighted push-ups with my like feet up and um, have been doing actually I progressed and have hit heavier weights than I've ever hit um, in the past um, on my bench press just recently uh, for sets for triples and I'm like you know if I if I was someone else and didn't know what I know I would have like totally you know scaled back what i was doing because my pec hurt yeah do you think with that it's funny yours is the left side mine's, mine's usually the right side in the in the in the build up to a, a, comp, a competition so when i go and see the physio and have a uh, have a, like a massage or anything on my on my right side um it's painful at the time but i'm like oh yeah i'm quite glad I, i'm quite glad i went for that um do you think especially when you mentioned there about sort of your knee and your uh, and your and the and the left side left side of your chest do you think these are just uh, red flags or something something to keep an eye on? And do you think sometimes people can be uh, react too soon rather than you know seeing seeing it seeing how it goes, like with your knee and, and your and, and your pec? 
right, actually, I can still work through this if I keep training. It's just one of those things that, right, okay, it flares up, but it's not it's not anything anything major to be to be focusing on. And if they do dial it back, do you reckon people are actually doing more of a hindrance than a than a help in terms of actually you know progressing with their training? Yeah, I mean, so it, it's it's a it's the same thing with the difference between hurt and injured. Like there are definitely times where I think some people go too soon to get help. Um, as far as like with time, most things get better. And if you were like regularly training and like hitting um, co- a lot of compound movements, you're gonna probably train through a lot of things that would be what things that I would recommend anyways. Like with rehab. Um, like I have some people come in that are lifters um, in my nine to five or recreational athletes. And I'm like, okay, here's your like PT like exercise that we're doing like sometimes to reduce their symptoms. But then I'm like, otherwise I want you to just keep doing what you were doing before, because those are all really good exercises to, to like strengthen around this area and develop more uh, conditioning. Um yeah, people definitely do sometimes go in too soon. Um, but on the same time, every once in a while, I see people that like waited too long, like they're taking uh, medicine, like every single day, like several times a day, or like completely like changing a lot of things about their life um, to accommodate this issue. And like, those are situations where once, once you get to that, if you get to that point, you really should have seen care or sought somebody out. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do usually, you know, it's like, is it sharp pain? Does it like, how long does it last after your activity? Like, does it, does it, do you notice it other times of the day? Those are times where I would like more, okay, now go see somebody or, you know, if it particularly like pain persists, like 15, 20, 30 minutes after you get done working out every single time. Okay. Maybe that's a sign to go see somebody versus, you can train, do all your normal stuff, and then it typically dissipates. Especially like t- tendon issues, they benefit from you um, consistently moving rather than d- dialing too much back. Yeah, with with that, when you when you mentioned about you know before it gets to a point where you where people are going to go and actually see somebody about it, do you think sometimes it is a case just touching back on the mindset side of things that people are okay to feel hurt? But they never want to. They never want to feel. They never want to hear that. Right now, you're actually injured because people think it's it's a it's a, the next stage of. Oh, if I'm if I'm injured, you know, thinking from a more of a team sports background in rugby or football or, or American football or anything like that. That that means if usually if people are injured, then they're they're not going to play on a on a, on a Saturday and a Sunday. In terms of the strength sports, you could be hurt, you could have a slight injury, but what we've spoken about there is, you know, if we take a little bit more of an aggressive approach, you know, there are still things that you can do and you can still still perform. Do you think the mindset side of things that, you know, people don't want to hear that, right, you, you're injured because of the effect that it'll have on their mindset and what they think will have on their training? Yeah, I mean, especially with power sports, right, like the athletes that we work with obviously have a lot of time invested and are at a high level so it's like a big part of their identity like nobody wants to be like go to somebody and have that part and be like hey you know this thing that you really enjoy to do and you get a lot of gratification from like yeah you're not going to be able to do that like even though you know maybe you were set to break some like records or place really well at your next meet and it's like in six weeks like yeah hey you got to shut it down um that and then um 
What's the other part? Oh yeah. Like, especially like athletes, a lot of times are afraid that they're going to, you're going to tell them that. And <clears throat> I find more often than not that it's something we can still train through and do um, and, and not affect their performance or sometimes get it better. Like I was working with elite level um, teenager and football for Americans would be soccer um, where they had a groin injury. And I was like, yeah, this is not something that I'm going to, I would even remotely say that I should, you should stop doing anything with. I was like, if anything, we just need to add the right things for you um, to make sure that it's getting better. And then like within a month, month and a half, um, he felt fine, like completely better. And then I was just like told, you know, I was like, yeah, this is going to be boring, but pretty much here's these exercises you're, you have to strengthen this area. And you're going to have to just do these for like, pretty much ever like <laughs> as long as you keep playing playing football because um sometimes tendon issues actually take a long time to like biologically be like 100 percent. so far beyond when somebody's gonna have symptoms and then you know this kid's at a high level so he's gonna be playing for a while hopefully yeah with that in terms of uh, you know playing at a, playing at a higher level he's going to have uh, maybe not experience if he's if he's still quite young but you know experience playing at a, at a higher level you know i can imagine he's probably going to have a little bit of a higher level uh, higher level coaching and you know experience playing against other um you know more more elite uh, if if you like do you think when it comes to feeling feeling hurt and injuries that the experience level of like what we touched on at the at the start of injury history experience of having injuries uh, makes it a little bit easier to if you say right these are the exercises that you need to do they just get on get on and do it as opposed to the experience of never have like people's first injuries or first fit or first feeling of of being hurt as well as the experience of you know how long have they actually been training for and what their level is if that kind of makes sense yeah um I think it's the same thing. It is, uh, there's going to be lots of gray in every answer uh, <laughs> that I give. Um, so it depends on the mindset was what I find. Like I've had patients that have like never been athletic day in their life. And then they like are very like nonchalant about their injury. They're just kind of like, eh, whatever it is, what it is. Like they don't really care. Um, and then I've had other people on the same end of the spectrum where I like go and hand them like a weight and they're like, it's like five pounds. They're like, Oh, this is heavier. They get sore. And then they blame you for you hurt them more, even though they got delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, and then at the opposite end of the thing, I've had very good experience, like, um, athlete clients that have, you know, they understand a lot of good information. They know like how to push themselves, how to communicate what's going on. Well, um, they're confident in their body. They just want help to like get further. And then there's some that like they have a, sometimes a small injury, but obviously that's a very subjective, right? Um, but then it causes them to have almost like a crisis of like, you know, and kind of have a lot more anxiety and stress about, about the issue maybe than I might expect. Yeah, it's interesting that you said there, you know, like a, a, a small injury. And it's kind of one of those things that, you know, um, uh, someone else's, uh, the, like, the, like the weight, one weight is going to be light for one yeah. person, one weight is going to be heavy for the other. Um, and it, it might be a little bit of a tangent, but 
is there sort of, and when you said there's a little bit of like gray area of, is one person's injury another person's hurt? Or is there, you know, a distinct line where like, right, this is, this is, this is actually an injury, if, if, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think up until a point, like there can be anything that's, I mean, most of the things that are probably musculoskeletal um, could be like somebody, one person's injury could be another person's hurt. Um, the only distinctions where I would say that probably like starts to go away is like when you actually get into like um, where somebody has like a traumatic like ligament tear or uh, muscular tear or things like that, which are are far far less common at least at the practices that I've been in um, than other things where it would be more likely to be like hurt versus injured um, kind of deal. Yeah, you know, like if somebody tears their ACL, like you can definitely. Uh, rehab and they can actually they're starting to show some australians that i know um are showing that that tissue can heal with with rehab and and specific bracing um but it's still something that would you know take you out of sport yeah 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 definitely i kind of want to touch on that because it isn't a case of you hear people say oh yeah um i'll just walk it off it's fine it's fine whereas actually you know there's going to be there's going to be some things that okay yeah we're not we're not not going to be able to uh not going to be able to you know move it move it from there um and on that is it a case of um you know is it the outliers or the sort of an anomalies where their bodies, because obviously, you know, you, you, we mentioned um, about, you know, like Taylor Atwood for the, for the strength guys, an awesome level of strength, you know, the amount of uh, stress that his body can be put under in terms of the weight that he's lifting. Um, are those few and far between in terms of people who can, you know, hold a lot of hurt if you like, um, and it's going to take a lot more to try and break them into in terms of injuries. And when people see that, you know, when people say, especially on the social media side of things, of oh well, I had this injury or that injury, and it only took me X amount of weeks. Do you think people's expectations are, you know, for people coming into the sport or people, um, you know, just just starting out, just starting out in training, think that oh well, actually, so and so had this, so you know, it's going to take a long time for me to ever get hurt or get an injury as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that does happen. And the thing is, is like, um, because we're so involved with like um, these kind of sports, like barbell sports, I guess I should say, because that encompasses a lot of different areas um, that we're so like tuned into our area that we don't like sometimes realize that the injury rates for our sports are extremely low, like lower than any field sport um, in and bodybuilding and powerlifting are actually the two lowest um, sports with the lowest injury rates. Um, so it's definitely like something that if you train in a very sustainable way and know um, kind of like how to program well and how to like listen to um, specific cues, um, you can go a long time without ever having any serious issue or um, still do a lot to still train, uh, even though you might have a limitation and issue. Um, you know, one of the things with different powerlifting wise is you're just thinking more about the specificity of, okay, I have to bench, I have to squat and I have to deadlift. So out of order. So squat, bench and deadlift. Um, so you may not be able to be ultra sport specific, which is sometimes easier for novice lifters than it would be for 
say like high level elite lifters where you want to try and be as specific as possible. But this still leaves you a lot of room to be able to accommodate an issue and still make progress and and see lots of strength gains and still perform. Uh, versus like bodybuilding, it's like, you know, um, I most sometimes like to work bodybuilders because it's like, okay, well, we know we just got to hit this muscle group um, and stimulate it enough. So there's a lot more room for, okay, different things we can do or add. Okay, how does this feel? How does that feel? Or uh, our powerlifters sometimes that are in off season that'll still be working with our coaches. It's like, okay, I have a whole lot more um, like variety that I could potentially think about because we don't have to be as specific. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting saying that. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned about, you know, bodybuilding and powerlifting has the lowest in injury rates because it's one of those things where you start speaking to, about, uh, to, to people and, you know, everyone knows, you know, maybe a horror story of, of somebody's got injured injured doing barbells but actually you know like what you mentioned if you focus on good technique have good programming you know you you're gonna the, the people that are successful in in, in the barbell sports are those that don't get injured and you know i know it's, it gets thrown around quite a lot in terms of the you know just do the do the basics make sure that we're having good technique getting good resting get, getting good recovery However, it's the people that, you know, are always, I think you touched on it earlier earlier in the chat in terms of, oh, well, I'm going to max out today, right? Okay, well, that's not really, that's not really how it works because then you're going to, then you're going to, you know, injure yourself. And, you know, it's, especially from the uh, maybe um, sports that potentially have maybe a little bit more money in them, you know, such as, you know, football, rugby, those sort of sports, you see those injuries and we touched on it before, you know, they're going to be out, they're going to be out for a, for a long time. Going on to sort of the, the the next question that I had in terms of you know building um, uh, robustness and you know the exercises that you might give to uh, to, to to athletes and, and powerlifters to prevent injury, how much of that is you know if they are getting the basics done in terms of you know they've got good technique, the programming is is, is pretty sound, you know the managing managing their recovery is robustness needed? Do you need to put those exercises in? And is it striking that balance between, you know, not having them in and then potentially they do get an injury or have a few in to make sure that they don't get an injury, if that kind of makes sense? Yeah. So if they've had like a specific injury, sometimes I'll add like specific things, but there's only really a few exercises that have been shown to really like work well for injury prevention. And those are like the Nordic uh, hamstring curl, like the Copenhagen side plank. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything yet as far as the quad goes, as far as doing those like reverse quad, uh, they're almost like Nordics, but in reverse. Yeah. Um, those kind of things are really the only ones that have been shown to have like huge, huge benefit. Otherwise it's like, um, Jason and I have talked about this where he'll do stuff in like early phases or like volume blocks. He's essentially trying to build somebody's motor, like make it so that they can crank up way more you know, the engine block, essentially, if you can think of it in, um, like, terms of mechanics, like, we're trying to make that engine block really, really strong. So when we need to put a lot of horsepower into that thing, it can really handle it, and it just doesn't fall apart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, with that, because especially, you know, there's only a handful of exercise. you mentioned there, a handful of exercises that would, that, that would actually, that actually work. Um, do you think then with, with with that sort of that sort of train of thought? Because 
I know we've mentioned about the team sports side of things that we want to make them, you know, robust, you know, ankle stability, because there's going to be a little bit more running and all, and all those sort of things. More specifically to the powerlifting side of things, do you think robustness is actually a thing? Do you think that there needs to be, you know, uh, uh, a lot more emphasis put on put, put on these exercises when you've said there there's only a handful that, 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 that actually work? I think the biggest thing would be that in more off-season times or while somebody's still like a novice or intermediate, like getting exposed, like doing things with programming to develop like your work capacity and then um, your like variety of exercises maybe too. Like even if you don't change your um, compound main lifts, but like being exposed to different for variation in like uh, trunk angle and you know like leg position things like that with your accessory work i think would go a long way to developing like if you do get out of position with a lift like now your body isn't going hey i know that we normally perform everything in this like specific range but uh and now we're out of that position so you know what we should definitely be hurt right now (laughs) um so getting those exposures to like different joint angles and positions like the ligaments pulling things like that are definitely still useful. Um, and spending some of that time, especially in off season when you're newer to the sport, um, not being afraid to experiment and explore with exercises that you don't necessarily wouldn't always do. And I think that's what would develop more, uh, of that robustness for sure. And making sure that you don't actually like skip doing some cardio once in a while. Um, (laughs) And maybe adding in some of those things like meditation, you know, to help you learn better coping strategies. So that way, whenever, because there's this habit where athletes are in just in general, people in powerlifting and fitness, they just want to add more all the time rather than going, okay, what things outside of the gym can I do that would help my recovery? Yeah, I think that's uh, it doesn't matter how many times we talk about uh, training, about, you know, uh, lifting heavier or anything like that. It always comes back down to, you know, you still need to be able to recover. You still need, you know, a good a good night's sleep. You still need to, you know, make sure that you get getting, getting good food in and focusing on those things. And I think, you know, it's always it's always going to it's always going to come back to that because you can have the best program in the world and, um, you know, have the have the best things laid out in, in the gym. But if you sleep in rubbish you know actually just getting a few extra hours sleep or a little bit more better quality sleep is going to allow you to 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 to, to make progress and he's probably you know that's probably an injury prevention tool in in, in itself making sure that, you, that, that you're getting plenty of sleep and, and plenty of rest oh it's in like turn- one of the best actually um they've done studies on it like if you get less than six hours and sleep at night you're gonna like there's like it's like a four to six times more likely to get injured and right. if you get an hour and a half extra they found that it significantly enhanced somebody's performance like the most of anything that you can do acutely yeah well then then you all then you always get that look of what as your coach you're asking me to to go to sleep and sleep more yes that's exactly that's exactly yeah. what i'm doing like you know it could be better that's much better than saying right you've got an extra four sets of of, of whatever you had no actually you know let, let's focus let's focus on some sleep um one thing that you, one thing that you did mention there obviously with you know the the handful of exercises that are going to actually help with you know injury injury prevention and you know focusing on things such as cardio such as sleep such as such as nutrition do you think sometimes and this was sort of earlier on in the in the chat that we mentioned about sometimes coaches stepping into the physical therapy world and the physio world. Do 
you think sometimes it is a case of coaches throwing in exercises that are for robustness and injury prevention, if you like, to kind of mask the programming of the, uh, you know, oh, well, if we put those in there, I'm trying to cover all the bases rather than thinking, right, okay, if, if we have sound technique and sound programming, I don't need to put them in there because from having what's actually going to get them results to then throwing in loads of, you know, uh, prehab or, or rehab or, or whatever you want to call it, throwing it in there just for the sake of throwing it in there, which is just adding time to the session where we could be dialing in technique and you know uh, adding more volume in and and and, and you know, progressing the lifters that way. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Like I had a client one time; they were doing like a thirty-minute like warm-up routine, and then they were they'd be like they'd tell me that they felt really spent afterwards, and they were unsure of of like dialing that back I, like that was like the first thing i asked them to do i'm like okay this is taking you half an hour we need to like reduce that and then like i was like okay we're gonna do like 10 minutes of cardio and these very like specific things um before their session rather than like a lot of these things that would then cause them to be really fatigued going into their session they were like you know what like i was really afraid to do that at first but i actually feel much better um, having reduced that the volume of amount of things that we didn't really didn't seem to be as necessary yeah i think sometimes people can be a little bit uh, too precious about uh, about exercises um and think oh no i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to keep these in there whereas you know especially when we are talking about powerlifting it's the only sport where you know the training is the actual sport and that's what we need that's what we need to be focusing on because there's only so many things that you can do before you train until actually you know at some point you're gonna have to get underneath the barbell and you're gonna have to you're gonna, you're gonna have to you know squat bench and squat bench and deadlift and, and work on work on the technique uh, work on the technique side of things um do you, do you find that the case or have you found that when people are speaking that they've got a certain exercise that i can't take this out i feel good you know i feel good doing doing that in rather than it's actually doing something that's going to benefit their training yeah i mean if it's like one or two things like i don't mind it because i'm like okay it's probably harmless um and if they feel better like mentally with that and it's sometimes easier to like plant seeds about that kind of thing and like let it blossom on its own <laughs> um rather than like forcing them to take it away so it's like okay yeah maybe you got this one thing it takes you like less than five minutes let's just keep that in here's the specific things that i want you to do and then let's get under the bar because that's what's going to help you warm up the best honestly like i mean i go and that's saying that everybody should just do what I do. But when I <laughs> squat bench and deadlift, um, I go into my home gym and just get like, get under the bar for a set. Then, I mean, I ramp up pretty quick too. So I'm doing like, um, maybe 50% for like whatever I'm supposed to do that day for certain, like I do, uh, if I'm doing like sixes and I do a set of six, I'll do a second set of six, a set of four. And then usually I'm, like at my weight and I've started my set. Um, if I'm doing triples, I just do triples all the way up until I get to 90% of whatever that weight is. Then I do a single and then I'm training. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a similar approach to, you know, when you're speaking about uh, speaking about nutrition, a few things in there that people are attached to, as long as we get the stuff that we need to, to get in there, you know, it is going to, it is going to benefit, benefit performance. And when you mentioned in there is though, you know, you, you ramp up quite quick, you know, especially when you mentioned about that one client who had like a 30 minute warm up. 
why everyone gets involved in powerlifting, in barbell sports, in training in general is because they enjoy training. Nobody ever, you know, enjoys training because of the warm up. It's the things that come yeah. after the warm up that, that people that people are enjoyed. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's been some kind of a uh, a common theme throughout what we've chatted about. Is also always the mindset and the you know the personality of, of of the person. And if it's fallen back to again at the start of the chat that we mentioned about there, that's why it's important to have a look at their injury history because then you know might know why they've been a little bit more attached um attached to that warm-up a little bit more rather than giving them the confidence to be like right okay this is what we can work on and this is what this is what this is where we can go which is going to improve your performance um quite a lot of topics and a, a few uh, a few tangents uh, uh thrown in there uh, but the last question that I, that I like to ask is from everything that we've chatted about there what would be your take-home points or words of wisdom Let's see. I probably would say uh, get more sleep, eat more protein, drink more water, do some cardio. Um, and then, you know, spend some time. I, I guess the biggest thing would be is like to encourage people to learn more about even even if they learn more about pain, sometimes that will help you with an injury um, to have a better mindset and understanding and and know how to like listen to your body, but like in the right ways. Um, so like if they, even if the least amount they did was go watch this Ted talk that Lorimer Mosley did like years ago now, like that, or watch something that David, but these are names of like uh, neuroscientists that specifically study pain. And they used to be uh, physical therapists. Um, David Butler and Lorimer Mosley have tons of information on youtube that you can just put in their name and pain and you're gonna find all these like lectures they've done um you know all over in australia that are just filled with like great information yeah i think that's a that's a good thing to uh, to finish on just you know being able to understand uh, understand your own your own body and, and have a little bit more information i know from the clients that i've worked with that come in especially you know beginners where do you feel that in the exercise and the point to a completely different place to where they should, should actually be feeling it, you know, as, as basic as that. And then, you know, that'll follow you throughout sort of your lifting or, or training or training career to have that information a little bit more, especially from the coaching side of things in terms of the programming. I want people to know why they're doing it and have an understanding mm -hmm. of it. And the same from the, you know, the physical therapy side, side of things, it's no good just going, Oh, actually, do you know what? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'll take that as a given as what, as what you've said. And then you still, you still none the wiser. You've just been doing those exercises, aren't feeling anything, don't know what you're doing. And then you're not progressing. And then that's where, you know, you're probably going to end up, end up, end up going, end up going back. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a, a, a good point to, a good point to finish on um thanks a lot for taking the time yeah. to, to jump on and enjoyed the enjoyed the the chat that we've that we've had if anyone's got any um questions on what on what we've chatted about today or want to see the content that you that you, that you put out there um where can people uh, find you or reach out to you yeah so the best place to always find me is going to be on instagram i have like been slow to do anything like people have told me to get on TikTok or Twitter or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> I know Instagram. And so I'm on, uh, there is at strength in evidence. So it's strength in evidence underscore physio. Uh, I once said it to somebody and they thought I said, and, and then they couldn't find me. 
uh awesome uh for for everyone listening 100 percent, you know go and check out the content that jacob puts out there it's you know it it is really helpful and as well i'm a big fan of a meme so if you like a meme um uh, that'll be uh, that'll be that'll be beneficial that's just a bonus um thanks a lot for taking the time uh to chat with me really enjoyed chatting with you today uh thanks a lot to everyone listening and i will see you all next week